Slick V on the track. God is calling me. I'm in a zone. I gotta see my doctor. God is calling me. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Extra Point Podcast. I am Jacob Carnes. He is Daniel Hammock. We'll be your hosts every week. We're going to talk about the biggest games this week. Specifically, we're going to talk about Washington versus USC, uh, Virginia going up to Notre Dame, Oklahoma State hosting Kansas State. We'll then have our extra points pick segment that we'll talk about in a little bit, and then our extra point pick of the year of the week. Daniel, how's your week going, man? Going pretty good. Um, I got to be honest, I'm fatigued. We're doing our second show for the week, and I haven't built my endurance up for this yet, but this should be a lot of fun. How about you, man? <laughs> it's been a good week, man. Busy at work, but always making time for the loyal listeners of the Extra Point Podcast. So yes. let's dive right in, man. First game we'll talk about, Washington versus USC. This is a very interesting game. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the game? Well, I think it's anything in the Pac-12 is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, this one, name value, is is good enough for me to tune in. Also interested to see uh, who USC trots out at quarterback because undoubtedly he'll throw five touchdown passes and <laughs> um, have them in some sort of a game. Uh, but no, Washington, I think, is the better team if you look at the totality of it. I think if you go on coaching edge, they're probably the better team. I think, you know, we talk about what what may take uh, for Washington to win. I think they're successful if they just protect the ball. You look at their only loss this year against Cal in that weird late start game because of a delay and just everything that went wrong with the start of that game. They had two turnovers and they didn't force any turnovers. So they were minus two in the in the turnover margin. That's really what led to them losing by one point to a pretty good defense in Cal. Uh, if you look at these these teams, otherwise they're they're pretty pretty equal. Um, outside of that, the reason and another thing uh, with the Washington versus Cal using that they uh, looks like it was Washington had the same amount of first downs and outgained Cal. So really, it was definitely those two turnovers um, and points off those turnovers that led to. Um, Cal taking taking that game from them. USC on conversely would need to take the take the ball away. Uh, if the game's a shootout, I just trust Washington's defense more. And if you look at points per game, they're just better off. They've both played a similar Pac-12 schedule thus far. Common opponent being BYU. USC lost to them. Washington beat them pretty handily. What do you think? And both of those games were in Provo. So same opponent, same place, different results. I agree. I think that Washington's flute game at Cal can be written off. I think there is a couple top tiers in the Pac-12. I think that top tier, though, would be Oregon and Washington as those top two teams. And I think as the season moves forward, we're going to see those two teams uh, ascend to the top. That'll be a fun game in Seattle later in the season. If this game was in the Coliseum, I think we'd see maybe a different result, but I like Washington's balanced attack. They are averaging almost 200 rushing yards a game, and I like Jacob Eason. I think I needed to see it to believe it with Jacob Eason, but in every game but the Cal game, he has looked 
like an NFL quarterback, like we thought he was when he got recruited to Georgia, like we thought he was when he went back home to Seattle. The talent's there. You know, USC brings in Graham Harold, runs this area offense, and they haven't established a very good run game. And when you're trotting out your third-string quarterback on the road in Washington, which is a sneaky, hostile environment, I just don't think they're going to come out successful. I think USC is a much better team than people think, but I don't think they win this game. I'm definitely leaning Washington, and I think they control the game and might pull away a little bit late. I, I agree. I'm leaning Washington as well. Notice everybody, we're saying lean because these aren't our picks. So we'll get to those later. The real please picks be, come later. Please be patient. Um, <laughs> one quick thing that you said a second ago, how Eason has looked like a NFL quarterback, except for that one game versus Cal. Let's be honest. He's looked like an NFL quarterback since he was probably a sophomore in high school. <laughs> so the looks have been there for him. He was a little skinnier back then. Um, notice his Twitter handle, but he is definitely filled out his frame. He looks good. If he could put some film together this year, NFL scouts are going to be drooling all over it because he has every other measurable you need. So, um, you know, with that, I guess we can go over to our next game, uh, Notre Dame and Virginia. Um, obviously Notre Dame was the title game last week. And as um, our resident leprechaun, uh, Brian Kelly, said last week, they have big games every week. <laughs> and here we are, another big game against Virginia. What do you think? I think they might have lost the Georgia game because he was looking ahead to Virginia. So <laughs> I, saw, <laughs> I saw that in his interview before the game that CBS showed. And he said, hey, man, Vir Virginia's a big game. And so maybe maybe they were looking ahead to this game. So, man, Notre Dame, like we talked about earlier in the week, I walked away very impressed with their loss at Georgia, which I know Brian Kelly wants nothing of. But they're coming back home this week. If they don't have a hangover, I think Notre Dame can make a statement this week. Now, I'm a noted Virginia fan this year. I picked them <laughs> to win the Coastal. Uh, before the season, I love Bryce Perkins. I think he is such a great player. I mean, he's been a better quarterback so far this year than Trevor Lawrence, stat-wise. So, <laughs> don't hear me wrong. I think Trevor Lawrence is maybe the best quarterback in the country. But Bryce Perkins is such an athlete. He is their best runner. He is, you know, a great thrower. And... But going up against this physical Notre Dame defense, I think Notre Dame proved last week that they can hang with the best offenses. And this week they're going to go up against a group that's not as sizable or, or as speedy as Georgia. And so it'll, it should be a good matchup, though. What do you think? Well, I, I do think that, um, that both teams are one-dimensional on offense. If you look at the stats, uh, it appear, appears that they both can – throw the ball with you know regularity but the the running game kind of has to be manufactured by both um you mentioned perkins obviously big time playmaker we talked about book last week and um everything and how how he's a playmaker with Notre Dame. he's an x factor for sure but perkins you know you mentioned he's a good runner he's actually their leading rusher um so those are always good things um <laughs> but also those are good things as far as things to talk about like 
between you and I um, and the talking heads. I'm pretty sure Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia would rather a running back be the leading rusher. For that, sure. That just meaning that they have success in the run game and, you know, you don't want to put your quarterback in jeopardy. Now, with that said, I do think Virginia will have more quarterback designed runs. I think that would that that really helps them be their best. Um, it's kind of interesting how similar these teams are. I think athletically they're actually very similar um, to one another as far as their frontline guys being able to go toe to toe with you know, some of the nation's best, but then, you know, not really having that quality depth as you see with, with this type of program, um, both very well coached Bronco Mendenhall, Brian Kelly. I don't think there's a lean one way or the other, obviously very, very both, disciplined, very disciplined. Um, you wouldn't know that with Notre Dame and all the false starts last week, credit, <laughs> credit the Athens crowd for sure. But, um, it's weird you almost would be more confident with Notre Dame coming off of a loss than Virginia coming off of a win. Cause Virginia had that weird close win versus old dominion, which has turned out to be, I guess just a thorn in the side of the ACC coastal. And they might be know, good enough to join the ACC coastal. I mean, when Notre Dame decides to join 75% of the way, instead of just 50%, they might have room for an old dominion. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> I personally think that it makes too much sense for Notre Dame. Like, your points were valid. It makes too much sense for Notre Dame to beat them because now the national perception has changed. Virginia is now not that good of a team. Notre Dame is a better team than we thought. So I'm going to ring the bell for college football right here and say something weird happens. I think Notre Dame is trailing this game late. And it's going to take a late score for them to win. My lean is Notre Dame, but a very close game. I think the line is somewhere in the 13, 12 and a half, 13 range. Um, I don't predict a big convincing statement win, as you said, but I do, I do lean Notre Dame, but very, very close and much closer than people would expect. I like it. I, I mean, I'm not going to pick this game, but... I would flirt with the line there, laying the points in Notre Dame. I think if Notre Dame can do with Bryce Perkins what Georgia did with Ian Book and keeping him in the pocket and making him one-dimensional, they can control the game. And so I like Notre Dame. I like to lay the points. Um, but we'll I see. guess that's one more point I had. I don't think I even mentioned it. The difference, the reason I think that it'll be so close Virginia's run defense, they're only giving up 75 yards a game versus Notre Dame giving up over 200 yards a game. And for both teams that are struggling to run the ball, it's going to help with the defense isn't as good doing it. And so I would I would imagine Virginia outrushes Notre Dame. And so, again, close game, very, very close. Notre Dame edging them out probably because they're at home. So, anyways. If they, if they outrun Notre Dame, they've got a very good chance to win. So let's go to the uh, the Big 12. This is not a ranked-on-ranked game in the AP poll, but as you and I talked about, we have both of these teams ranked in our rankings. We've got Oklahoma State hosting Kansas State. Oklahoma State is a four-and-a-half-point favorite, although they are the unranked team. And there's been a trend of unranked opponents that are favorites tend to win these matchups. So what are, what are your thoughts on this game? 
Well, first off, shout out to to Kansas State for hiring Chris Kleiman. Um, if you don't know Chris Kleiman, you've you've probably heard of North Dakota State, um, the Bison up in North Dakota, taking taking care of everybody in the FCS. He's a four time national champion head coach uh, at that level. Um, so I. I was joking with somebody earlier today. Kansas State is an SEC team. They got trapped in the Big 12. They like to run the ball and they play defense. Meanwhile, the rest of the Big 12 has these developed passing offenses that can just sling it with anybody. Um, You know, I think this will be the toughest defense that Oklahoma State played. Well, so far that they've played this year potentially that they play the rest of the year. Obviously we'll have to see how this unfolds, but I definitely think um, but on the flip side, this is the toughest offense that, uh, Kansas state has played so far this year. So I think that Oklahoma state's balance on offense is going to be an X factor. Um, uh, if Hubbard's able to play, he's the X factor, uh, because both teams would have run the ball well. And then you have Oklahoma state who has more of a developed traditional big 12 passing attack. Uh, so I would, I would lean Oklahoma State as well as you know I know the line is for them to be the favorite but again this one's a close win for them uh Kansas State they they both played great games recently Oklahoma State obviously playing Texas a close loss and then uh Kansas State taking care of Mississippi State uh, so playing their SEC brethren and coming out with the win <laughs> so um, what about you? What do you think about this game? So I love that you talk about Chris Kleiman. I doubted the hire at the beginning of the season. And so far he's proven that he's up to the test. You know, I'm not saying that he's going to take this team to win a national championship like he did North Dakota state this year, but or four <laughs> or four, but I do love the hire. I think that their win at Mississippi state was a great program statement for them especially with the first-year head coach, to show that um, that they're here and they're not going anywhere, and maybe they'll take a step forward without Bill Snyder. And so it was actually the first time they've beaten a Power 5 non-conference team on the road since 2011. So oh wow, eight years since that happened. And so big, big win for the program. And then last week, Oklahoma State plays an incredible game against Texas and loses. Maybe this is a trend in the podcast, praising teams and their losses, but they had four less yards than Texas. Their time of possession was 40 seconds different. Their total first downs was the same number. And they had less turnovers in Texas, and they lost the game. And so I think that those two teams might be more equal than we think, especially considering that game was in Austin. And so I heavily lean towards Oklahoma State in this game. I know that Kansas State is coming off of a bye, but I like Spencer Sanders. I like Chuba Hubbard a lot. He is one of the best running backs in the country. I think they established the run early. And, um, and, and Spencer Sanders has a, a big game versus Kansas State. All right. Well, I have to say this. Since we're talking about Oklahoma State, I'm a man, and I'm scoring 40. All right? Because <laughs> that's, that's what Oklahoma State will do on anybody. And for that reason, I think that it is a close win. They'll... They'll be right there. It'll probably be like a 42, 38, something like that. I like it. 
Well, let's move into our... Uh, I've been excited for this. This is a segment that you and I have both been excited for about, and we're calling it the extra points, plural, because we're going to take the extra points or lay the extra points and pick some games against the spread. So I have three games that I've picked, and Daniel, you have three games that you've picked. I'm going to let you do the honors and go first. We have not told each other these picks yet, and so we may have some picks that are the same. We'll have to see. But I'm excited to see uh, to see where this goes. What's your what's your first pick looking like, Daniel? Well, since our last show, you declared that I am officially an Auburn fan. So <laughs> I gathered my War Eagle Tigers, and all of us have hopped on board the Gus bus. And we're heading to Jordan-Hare. Not Jordan-Hare, as some Auburn fans still say. It's Jordan-Hare. Anyways. It's Jordan. Jordan doesn't make no sense, but Jordan Hare, we're going there, and I'm taking Auburn to lay ten and a half against Mississippi State. Um, Garrett Schrader is most likely going to be starting this game at quarterback, taking over for Tommy Stevens. Honestly, this whole Moorhead deal, where he ever since he took over, it hasn't felt right necessarily. He's not as comfortable in the SEC. Um, I guess my biggest reason for picking this game, Auburn's defense, very, very strong. Um, I think that because Auburn has a strong defense, that Gus calling plays has a margin of error on offense. And when he has that, he's playing with house money. Even though he's got a freshman quarterback, he's willing to uh, take chances and, you know, run all these special plays. Anyways, they're going to be able to, to score uh, uh, probably 28, 35 points, something like this, and their defense is just going to be suffocating to Mississippi State. I don't really give them much of a chance to move the ball. Despite Garrett Schrader's impressive um, acrobatics, where he apparently <laughs> can do his best John Elway helicopter impression and lay his life on the line, uh, also, quick note, Auburn, this is an odd year, so uh, if you don't know what that means, go look it up. But Auburn performs well in these odd years, and I guess save for 2015, but every other odd year in the past several, uh, when they get Bama and Georgia at home uh, in the friendly confines, they tend to play their best games. But uh, I guess what's your first pick, Jacob? Well, I like your first pick. I guess you could talk about mine. I guess <laughs> no, I'm trying to force you to <laughs> not talk too much about me being an Auburn fan. But I guess no. if you must, what what do you think about my pick? And then I guess you can jump into yours. I like it. Mississippi State's defense is not what it has been. They lost a ton to the NFL last year. And so even a struggling Auburn offense is going to be able to score points. And on the other side, their offense is better than it has been. But Auburn's defense will be the best defense that they faced. I like Auburn to win. Ten and a half is a big number. So I don't hate it. I like it. I like it. I just wouldn't. <laughs> I'm not putting it on my big three. So That's fine. Uh, well, my first pick, we're going to go from Auburn and Jordan Hare. We're going to go to Lincoln Financial Field, where the Temple Owls are hosting the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Ooh. And this game I'm intrigued. Is fun. This game is fun because... Georgia Tech's head coach, Jeff Collins, was the head coach of Temple last year. 
and he built this temple program up. And they're looking really good, especially with their biggest win over Maryland. Temple is a defensive team, and Georgia Tech is a team that may or may not try out an offense in the field on Saturday. <laughs> so <laughs> Temple is favored by nine points. I am laying the extra points. I am taking Temple to beat Georgia Tech. This will be a nice homecoming for Jeff Collins in which he can hug some old players and tell them how proud of him he is as they beat down those Yellow Jackets on Saturday. <sighs> Jacob? Jacob, you were reading my notes. <laughs> you were reading is my that, notes. Is that one of your picks? Well, the funny thing is, people are going to think we're lying about this because the segue <laughs> is too perfect into my second pick, which is Georgia Tech with the points. No. Against Temple. So I'm on the opposite side of this one, and I'll tell you why. Uh, yes, you mentioned Collins versus his former team. I think that had Georgia Tech not lost an embarrassing fashion to the Citadel last time we saw them, I think that this would definitely be something where Collins is in danger of losing this game. I just, and he still could lose the game as far as we're talking about against the spread. So Georgia Tech getting nine points on the road. Yes, it's difficult, but... We don't know much about Georgia Tech, but I do know that losing to the Citadel, who ran the offense that you formerly ran, is probably the biggest, you know, kick in the face, you know, that or slap in the face, kick in the teeth, whatever you want to use. It was embarrassing, um, you know, so I just think that they'll channel that embarrassment. They had two weeks to prepare. This game is very important to Jeff Collins and company. And Temple, I believe, has a couple injuries. I'll be perfectly frank. I didn't look very much into the injuries specifically on who they were. Um, Because, honestly, I don't know how much that would affect the game. I'm just going off of a feeling with with Georgia Tech at least keeping it close. Also, side note, Georgia Tech plays in Atlanta, generally speaking. And Temple is from Philadelphia. So, Atlanta, if you follow the Braves baseball at all took care of the Phillies this year and the Phillies have been eliminated from postseason <laughs> play. So also just with the cities involved, Atlanta's better than Philadelphia. So yeah, Georgia, on. <laughs> Georgia Tech plus the nine points. I'm not sure if they're going to win. Man, nine points is a lot to me for a team that's probably equally talented. Uh, more motivation for Georgia Tech. That's why I'm going that way. So that's Georgia- so funny though. Georgia Tech is averaging 17 points a game on offense, and they're giving up 30 points a game. Look, take out the Clemson game, Jacob. (laughs) Take out the Clemson game because that's really not fair. That's essentially, you know, a high school team playing, you know, a a seventh grade team or something. You know, that's just completely different, completely different skill sets. Georgia Tech is 0-3 against the spread this year. I'll take it. I love it. I'm, I'm glad this worked out this way. This is great. Oh, that was, if someone <laughs> would think that we wrote this to be like that, but I promise you, hilarious. if you're listening at home, we really did not talk about these picks. We wanted it to be organic, and as fate would have it, we think very similarly, but also very differently. So This is great. Well, we'll go from, since that was your second pick, we'll go to my second pick, which is college game day is going to Lincoln, Nebraska, 
Oh, yes. And the preseason Big Ten West champs are hosting the Buckeyes. The darlings of the media. Oh, I'm as far as uh, Nebraska is concerned. Anyways. Oh, absolutely. And look, Nebraska, like we said, preseason pick to win the Big Ten West. Scott Frost in his second year, everyone said, you know, the first six games was a different season than the last six games last year in Nebraska. And look, Scott Frost, excellent coach. I think everyone saw it. He was the best hire two years ago in the offseason. I think he is the right coach for Nebraska to lead them back to where they want to be. This year is not the year they're doing that. They lost against Colorado to a first-year head coach in Mel Tucker. They barely beat South Alabama in the first game of the season. They barely won in Champaign last week. And this is a game a lot of people circled preseason to say, ooh, is Ohio State going to slip up in Lincoln? And Ohio State circled that game too. I am laying the points. I will take Ohio State laying 18 right now. Ohio State has been probably the second most efficient team in the country on offense and defense behind Wisconsin. And it's crazy the Big Ten has the two most efficient teams. So Ohio State's averaging 53 points a game, and they're allowing nine points a game. The defense elite, Justin Fields, fits perfectly into the offense. And I think as far as Ohio State goes, I don't know if there's another team in the Big Ten that is on their level until they face Wisconsin, and maybe not another team after that until they face Wisconsin again in Indy. And so I'm laying the extra points, Ohio State, 18-point favorites, I'll lay it. Ohio State wins big in Lincoln. I agree with you. I think um, whatever the points are, you could tell me they're 30 points. I think I would lay that the way Ohio State's (laughs) playing and how much Nebraska was overhyped. This game will be overhyped because of game day being there. Ohio State secrets out. Uh, They circled the game just like what you were saying before the season started. They know, you know, exactly what's coming down. I guess if you want to look at one weakness for Ohio State is that this is the first, I guess, big game, if you want to put it in quotes, that Ryan Day will be coaching in. Um, I guess he coached again. He was the head coach versus TCU last year, and they were a ranked team. But And they won big in that game. They won big in that game. So um, – I just I agree with you. I, I this was one that I had written down next to Auburn as my first pick. I was trying to decide between the two of which one I should settle on, and because I'm a noted Auburn fan, I obviously went with my Auburn pick. <laughs> but this one was very close to being on my big three, so I like your pick. I agree with it. Bam! What's your All last right. pick? Ooh. All right. So this one, brace yourselves if if you're listening in for. Oh, this is a hot take of all hot let me, takes. Let me ask you this. Is this South Carolina versus the bye week? That's, hey, you know, they're they're not favored. They have they get points for against the bye week this week. <laughs> so, you know, that's, it's tough. Jemias Williams, uh, not to get off on a tangent, but Jemias Williams has entered the transfer portal. And, I mean, there's... Things aren't looking great for Will Muschamp. Anyways, sorry. if you haven't seen if you haven't seen the video of, of Will Muschamp talking about the bye week, very fun watch. Go find that one. <laughs> so, all right. So this game picked before the season because I'm trying to 
be rational and pick a loss for Alabama. You know where you, I'm going with this. You are not doubling down on this pick. So, <laughs> so Alabama just largely does not go undefeated in regular season. Yes, they did last year. <laughs> just generally speaking, they lose a game and then they win the national championship because they win everything else. So my gut was that they'd lose a regular season game and – I think LSU is always too big of a game for them to lose because it's like our argument we always say. They circle the game. This is one hiding in plain sight. It's at home for Bama. Ole Miss is coming in. They look helpless. They always look helpless. But they're coming in 37.5 points on their back. So I think they come in with the points, and they are close. Closer than the points. I picked them to win the game at the beginning of the year. Luckily for this against the spread, I don't have to pick that. Because uh, that would be very, very difficult to make that case. I'll say this. They have a five-star playing quarterback at, in Matt Corral. He's very talented. Um, obviously, he's got some growing to do. He doesn't have five stars around him like you know Tua and his his guys have. Um, also, John Reese Plumley is a stud. He came in in relief of Corral last game and got some things going for them against Cal. He is a dual sport athlete. He plays baseball as well. So I think they're going to use him as as well in some capacity. They're going to find ways to use both of them. Rich Rodriguez is a good offensive coordinator. Um, I think when you take him away from being a head coach and he's just focused on offense – You'll see the fruits of that at some point this season. They're still all learning this system. Yes, I understand it's Ole Miss, um, but Ole Miss has also beaten Bama a couple times. Yes, they had Hugh Freeze as their head coach, and he probably was cheating because he had a bunch of five stars on there that were given a bunch of money. Um, But you know what? Ole Miss, there's just something something about Ole Miss at Bama Landshark defense, you know, 37 and a half. That's a lot of points. Alabama, what are you going to do? You know, so (laughs) taking a whole miss plus the points against Bama. Man, I might change my last pick just just to just to pick against this one so I can have two wins. (laughs) But I'll (laughs) you can have fun with that one, man. Have fun sweating that one out. (laughs) But I'll go. I'll go from the second most efficient team in the country to the most efficient team in the country. Wisconsin, this line has actually gone up a point since I picked it earlier. It was at 23.5. It's now at 24.5. I don't care. Either one. Lay the points with Wisconsin. Northwestern struggled last week against Michigan State, who has a good defense. But Wisconsin's defense is better. They are, uh, Northwestern is 0-3 against the spread. Wisconsin is 3-0 and against the spread. Jack Cohn has been an efficient quarterback. Jonathan Taylor, you could argue, is the best running back in the country. I know Northwestern has former Clemson quarterback Hunter Johnson, but he's only thrown for 300 yards. He's completed less than half his passes, one touchdown, and four interceptions. This is going to be a bloodbath, and I will lay 24.5 points with Wisconsin they win big. No need to spend a ton of time on it. This one's easy. Lock it up. That's a huge dub. Do you think that Hunter Johnson would be better if he was not 
throwing the ball to future accountants out there? <laughs> Possibly. Maybe if he, I mean, honestly, maybe. Yeah, you put him on Ohio State's roster, Alabama's roster. I'm sure he would do better with better athletes around him. But that's 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 on him for going to Northwestern. So, well, this brings us to our final segment, which is every week we're going to have our extra point pick of the year of the week. And this week is in honor of Daniel. So I'm going to let you talk about it. We're taking SMU with seven and a half, laying seven and a half against USF down here in Tampa. Tell me why. All right, so SMU. Uh, I honestly picked SMU and some some lock picks that Jacob and I do on the side. I picked them early in the year against somebody. I honestly don't even remember Texas State somebody, and uh, actually it was Arkansas State I believe. I picked them. They covered. And I said, you know what? That's great because I had heard that SMU got Shane Bouchelle, former Texas quarterback, and I said, you know what? A bounce back going to a, a smaller school. Um, also, I grew up Methodist, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> Southern Methodist University. I figured this is my team, you know, Pony Express. So uh, I took them each week, and each week they've covered for me. And so I felt really good about it. And so I've pretty much convinced Jacob that this is uh, a nice little drinking well for us to you know, start out in and test these waters. Also, USF has not looked good this year. Um, it's the battle of the uh, three-letter teams. So SMU <laughs> topples UCF or USF, excuse USF. me. USF, yeah. Sorry. Not, not the national champions. Not former reigning national Scott Frost champions, UCF, but USF. So South Florida, the Bulls, are going to get beaten by... The ponies by at least points. at least ten points is what they're going to win by. It's only a seven and a half point spread. This is at least going to be a ten point game. SMU probably by more. At least lock that one up. Take it. Get it if you can find it. Lay the seven and a half. SMU wins big. And so, thank you for listening. We're going to have a recap pod on Monday. We are now on Spotify. Be sure to subscribe. Give us a five star rating. Just like all the schools, like their five star recruits. So give us a five-star rating. We're looking forward to the recap pod on Monday for the Extra Point Podcast. He is Daniel. I am Jacob. See ya.